Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors. And we want to take a moment to say thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our great platinum sponsors, including Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. And Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're going to the national office today, Indianapolis, Indiana, to speak with Justin Chapman. Justin's um, one of the new additions to the NIAAA staff. He is the copywriter, and he's responsible for providing content on the uh, NIAAA website, uh, as well as on the member portal. Justin, welcome to the program. Hello. Hello, Jake. Thank you for having me. It's good to be on your podcast. Well, I've really enjoyed uh, seeing your posts on the portal and uh, on the uh, AD Vantage, Advantage blog uh, uh, yep. to promote athletics. So I wanted to give you a chance to kind of share your story. So let's jump right into it. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, and, and maybe how uh, a love of sports led to this position with the national office. Sure. Yeah, well, I grew up in Carmel, Indiana. So anyone from Indiana or nearby probably knows where that's at. It's a little bit north of Indianapolis. So grew up there my whole life. Didn't move or anything like that. Same house, same same place. So yeah, grew up there, uh, went uh, to high school at Carmel High School and um, kind of my whole life, probably since six or seven, probably around there, started playing sports. So um, been in sports for all my life and kind of have tried to stay involved even now post college and now staying into the working world, just doing some men's leagues or stuff like that. But yeah, so I've really enjoyed being involved in athletics and um yeah, my, my dad taught me early on and kind of played a lot with my brothers too. And so, yeah, I was involved in that way and um, didn't really have um, an idea of what the NIAAA was until I kind of got out of college and um, applied to work here. But the, you know, the idea of supporting them and kind of staying involved in the athletic world um, was appealing to me. And, um, you know, I have some knowledge in that area. So, yeah, I, that's a little bit about me. I don't know <laughs> if I have anything else, but. Well, I mean, obviously you're uh, kind of on the front end of uh, mm -hmm. your career. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of younger ADs that listen to the show. So talk a little bit about uh, maybe that undergraduate prep, uh, you know, what sort of courses you were taking? Did you have an athletic career in mind? And then maybe uh, that first job or jobs that led to uh, the NIAAA? Sure. Yeah, well, I went to small 
college, um, Taylor University in Northern oh, yeah. Indiana. So yeah, there's a lot. It's about 2,000 students. So it was less than half of Carmel High School, which was 5,000 students, which was a jump. But yeah, I, I majored in journalism there. Um, did a lot of sports journalism, actually. I worked for a student newspaper. Um, so I was very involved with that. Did not take a whole lot of athletics um, or athletic sport management classes. So I mostly stayed within the journalism field. But like I said, yeah, I had a lot of involvement with sports journalism, interned at a couple papers and covered some sports teams, did some sports reporting, mixed in with some business reporting as well. So kind of got uh, all around education and involvement with uh, journalism and kind of just wanted to stay within, didn't have anything in super in mind post-college, kind of just wanted to, especially with the pandemic, I got thrown out into a world where jobs look a little different, but I knew I wanted to stay somewhere with writing and uh, editing or writing somewhere in that realm. So the NHPLA was, has, is my first job. Um, and it's, it was a good fit because, you know, I could do, use my skills, but it was in an area that interested me and I've had experience with. So that's a little bit of my journey to get here. Very cool. We're definitely getting you on the front end. Well, before yeah. we go into your NIAAA job, uh, you mentioned Taylor University. And a couple of years ago, I was uh, um, I found out through a friend about a pretty cool event that Taylor does every year. Uh, tell our listeners a little bit about the Silent Night uh, event at Taylor. <laughs> yeah, if, any, if anyone knows Taylor, it's either because of that or Ivan knows our ice, like one ice cream shop in town. But yeah, Silent Night is definitely our biggest thing we have, which is uh, once a year in December, we uh, play a team. Usually we, um, the places, our gym is crowded. I mean, it's absolutely packed with students and we're all dressed up in weird outfits and stuff. And um, our newspaper has done pieces and stuff on why that is. But yeah, so we're all dressed crazy. And uh, the first 10 points of the game, or the first nine points, I should say, everyone's silent in the gym. You can, you couldn't, hear you could hear a pin drop basically so we're all silent and then once the 10th point hits whether it's a free throw three-pointer whatever it is everyone just goes berserk and the gym just absolutely erupts so um yeah you can look that up online to see what that's all about but that's definitely the one of the biggest things that taylor does yeah, when uh, I was talking to another AD and we were talking about promotions for our schools and he said, do you know about Silent Night? And I said, no, what is it? And so, uh, again, to our listeners, if you Google Taylor University Silent Night, there's a couple of uh, very cool videos and uh, we're still trying to figure out how to do it at my school, but I think it's one of the neatest things uh, that I've come across as far as school spirit, student spirit uh, that's out there. So that must have been cool to participate in that. Well, Justin, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about, um, you know, how you came to the NIAAA and what you do and why they should know about it. Yeah, so I kind of came across the NIAAA through actually a professor at Taylor. So um, if, if you all don't know, Nellie Crocker, who also works at the NIAAA, went to Taylor. So, and she was in uh, the same department. We didn't overlap at all, but she she majored in the same department, I believe, um, that I was in. So the professor kind of was still in contact with Nellie a little bit, sent the application for the copywriter job and at the IAAA, forwarded that to me. 
And I thought, looked at the description, thought it'd be a perfect fit, thought it'd be really great to work there. So I just kind of turned that in. I think uh, it's probably about a year ago now, year-ish ago, and, you know, went through the whole job process and then got hired and started there. And yeah, started as copywriter. Um, remind me what else you were asking about. Well, go in and, and share, you know, some of the things that you do and, uh, you know, how our members can take advantage of that through the NIAAA uh, website and portal. Yeah. So, yeah, the first thing that you mentioned is the blog. If you don't know about the blog, it's called Advantage, AD Vantage. Um, but so that is on the, yeah, the NIAAA uh, portal. You can view all the blogs on there. You can just go to our website too. If you're not a member, you can also just view them and read them um, on our website. So that's one of the main things. That's every two weeks on Tuesdays. I like to get that out there. And then also I have a big hand now with the IAA, International Scholastic Athletic Administration Magazine. So I'm doing a lot with that, organizing that, writing some articles, editing, obviously working with the publications committee and um, acting as a sort of liaison with them between them and the NIAAA. And so that that's also on the website and obviously in print too. So that's probably two, two of the bigger things I have a hand in right now. And a lot of that is professional development stuff. Um, my blog, I like to tell a lot of stories from ADs where that's just personal stories and there's, you're just kind of hearing from someone's experience. And then some of them are mixture of experience, but also a lot of insight from them, what they've learned, what they're going through right now. And um, all the way from, you know, young ADs to older ADs have more experience and anywhere in between just trying to, you know, give a voice to some of the members out there who um, are involved with the NIAAA and involved with their school, but, you know, don't have a lot of either time to get involved sometimes with the NIAAA or if they are involved just to kind of you know amplify their voice because with so many members you know there's a lot of good things that they have to say so that's kind of my I'd say like point with it is to you know give them a voice so. So go ahead and uh, just real quickly walk this listener who might not have been on the website or the portal um, how do they get to the the blog, the AD Advantage, um, or um, other resources? Uh, just give them a very quick intro on the website. Sure. Yeah. Well, if you go to NIAAA.org, you can, I believe it's under the About tab. should be an About tab. And then under there, it should say Advantage Blog, and I'll take you right to it. And then for the magazine, if you want a digital copy, it's under Resources tab. And then under resource, once you go to Resources, it'll have a link there. So it's that easy. And again, if you haven't done so, you need to check it out. Some great resources, uh, uh, what we like to call best practices. Okay. Uh, Justin, we always like to let our guests uh, share a little bit about their uh, mentors. Uh, in our profession, leadership and mentoring that next generation is so important. And uh, here you are, you are that next generation coming on board. So who are some of your mentors, maybe teachers or coaches that you might have had or, you know, people that you've worked with? Um, you know, the expression I like to use is, I still hear those voices in my head. Uh, so whose voice do you still hear? Oh, man, that's big. Well, I would definitely say my two, I have two older brothers. Those are definitely, you know, mentors in my life. 
and they're quite a bit older. They're six and eight years older. Um, so they, you know, they've gone through a lot more things than I have. And so even when I was younger and still now they've, you know, taught me a lot of things. I've seen how they do life and been able to pick up just their values, what they're going through and getting, being able to see that and then kind of take what they've learned and apply it has been really helpful. So they're definitely two of my biggest mentors, um, even though it's, you know, it's a brother relationship, but in a way it's also a mentor relationship as well since they're older. So, and yeah, so they're, they've definitely been really great. Coming on board at the national organization and, and being, you know, kind of on the forefront of helping uh, get information out to ADs, um, what are uh, a couple of things about the profession uh, that have kind of maybe surprised you or uh, that you, uh, you just thought were really cool? You know, uh, what, uh, what can you share with our listeners about that? Well, I'd say, I mean, first off, just working here, it's really changed my perspective on ADs. I obviously, since my background with athletics, I have, I had some knowledge of what they did and some perspective of, you know, they work hard, they put in long hours, but something that, I mean, I just don't think I knew to what extent how hard they work and what long hours they can put in sometimes and some weekends and all of that. So, you know, I believe that it's just been really good to, it's been really good to see that for me, just to appreciate what I'm doing as well. Like my work is going towards them and it's, um, yeah, it's been really good. I think I view the profession of athletic administration as one that, one of those jobs in the world that probably doesn't get enough appreciation or, you know, frankly, depending on where you work at, probably the paycheck to add up with all the hours and, you know, effort they put in, not that they're in it for that, but it's, you know, like one of those jobs like social workers or, you know, any other, some of those things where it's like you, they're working hard and they're maybe putting in a lot of hours, but they're not getting a lot of the uh, appreciation or, you know, satisfaction at times, but uh, it's definitely worth it. And I've, I've talked to so many members that say, you know, it's hard and you may not see instant results, but it's worth it down the line. So I've really appreciated seeing just that difference and seeing that uh, aspect of athletic administrators. Oh, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely spot on. And I think that's probably one of the reasons that we started this podcast was to try and, you know, just a little bit recognize ADs and the great job they do and uh, maybe give them a, a virtual pat on the back. Um, in the time you spent uh, in your position at NIAAA, I'm going to guess you've come across uh, what we like to say are best practices, uh, talking with ADs or, or seeing different uh, aspects through uh, the blog or the publications committee. So uh, without naming any names, um, you know, what's a, a program or initiative or something that uh, you came across that uh, you just really thought, boy, this is really, really a best practice. Uh, do you got one or two you could share? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, since my, um, athletic days and being a student athlete is not too far away from me since I'm a little younger. I think the coolest, one of the cooler things I've seen ADs do is start some type of student athlete council with their school, having a group of student athlete leaders that they believe have a really big impact in their sports and their athletic program overall. And, you know, bring them all together once a month or twice a month and just 
listen to them, bring up important issues or topics that is going on with the school and just get their input just because I totally believe in the value of more um, the act of empowering leaders and giving them a voice, even if they're, even if you go a different direction, sometimes you don't have, I don't, I'm sure they don't listen to or take in everything that they say, but I think that just forms a really good relationship to a relationship of trust between the administration and the students. And, um, you know, I'm sure it does a lot of good for that relationship between the two. And then also just, I'm sure it's really helpful and probably getting ahead of things or getting things started at the school because you're you're on the pulse of you're on the beat of what's happening in the program where you have students telling you before you even know about things probably so that's probably been the coolest thing that I've heard of yeah um it was actually um uh, my CMA project uh, many years ago what we did with our student leader uh, we called it the captain's council uh and how that formed and had a lot of input from kids I think for ADs, a lot of times they're coming from the coaching world. And when you're a coach, you've got that pretty much daily interaction with your core group of students. But when you move into the athletic director role, you know, now, you know, your contacts are the coaches more so than the kids. And so mm -hmm. establishing that student leadership group is a great way, as you said, to, to stay in touch, you know, with the students and, and, and kind of keep your finger on the pulse. Mm -hmm. um, any other best practices that come to mind uh, that you could share with our listeners? Well, I think if I had another one, it would definitely be practicing getting time away from the job and, you know, the whole, the whole thing of work-life balance. I think, I think one of the first couple months I was working at the NIAAA, I talked to an AD who did a presentation either at a conf at the national conference or state conference or something like that. And it was about that and just how fatigue can really set in if you're not being good about having a work life balance of making sure you have time to rest and not doing too many extra hours when, you know, when it's not necessary. And because I think they were saying that like a lot of younger ADs, uh, like you said, there's probably some young ADs to listen to this podcast younger ADs burn out quickly in the first three to five years, feel like they've been working probably for probably longer than three to five years because they've just been putting in so much work. And obviously that's situational. Sometimes you have to at certain schools or whatever situation you're in, but to as much of your ability, I think it's a great idea to, you know, be intentionally resting and just make sure that you get time away with your family or whatever that looks like for you. Uh, again, uh, a great, great point that, uh, you know, you love the job, hopefully, and you want to put everything into it, but, uh, you know, don't forget about yourself. Certainly don't forget about your family. Okay. Mm -hmm. you know, wise, wise words. Uh, Justin, you mentioned earlier in the interview um, about uh, COVID and the pandemic. And to our listeners, we're recording this episode on March 15th. So it's pretty much the one year anniversary of when COVID shut everything down. So, Justin, talk a little bit about, um, you know, a year ago, you know, as you were, you know, graduating, getting the job. And then also, uh, I know you're not in a school per se, but, you know, what's going on as far as your job, maybe what's going on in Indiana uh, with return to play as well as return to school, um, you know, kind of give us an idea of what's happening one year into COVID. Sure, sure. Well, I'll give you 
what best I know of, like you said, I'm not into school, but well, in, ter in terms of the NIAAA though, we're in a spot right now where we're definitely doing some work from home still and trying to make sure we're careful with, you know, not, you know, giving, giving people the space to either work from the office or work from home. And so I'm not sure what that looks like for a lot of high schools right now, or I know that we've had definitely sports going on. Like we've had the, the football tournament happen um, in the fall. And if I'm not mistaken, basketball is happening right now. They, they either have already had the, the tournament or they're in the middle of it, but they've had the seasons too. So from my understanding, I think a lot of sports are in play and there's been some adjustments obviously, but I don't think it's been a full stop ever this, at least this school year. So I'm sure I, obviously last year it stopped once COVID hit, but once they got back into the 2020 to 2021 calendar, a lot of the sports, I mean, most, if not all, have been in play and there's been some stops here and there just based on what's happening and what the situation is. But as of now, yeah, I think a lot of schools are in person and either in person or doing a hybrid, like something like that. And then sports are kind of the same way where they're trying to get in as many games as possible. So that's that's what I've heard. That's what I've seen at least. What, um, how has COVID uh, impacted uh, the office there at uh, NIAAA? It's, it's definitely impacted it in some ways. I think, well, for me personally, first starting to work there during COVID was interesting because I wanted to come into the office a lot to get used to it and, you know, get acquainted with the NIAAA. So I was definitely in there a lot for a while. Um, now, like I kind of mentioned earlier, we're on a on a basis of come in the office uh, at least once a week, and then you know the other days you can come in or not. That's up to you. But I'd say most people are in for a majority of the week. Just kind of for now, it's just kind of still staying cautious with that and giving people the freedom to not come in if they don't feel safe or you know they're trying to see family or someone soon that they don't want to have the risk of, you know, bringing COVID. So that's what it's looked like for us. Well, we hope it, uh, you know, continues to trend in a, the proper direction and that, uh, you know, we can return to, you know, whatever the new normal is going to be. Justin, this has been really cool to uh, have a chance to get to know you, but uh, we're not quite done yet. Um, <laughs> we usually end with uh, what we call the athletic director's toolbox, but we're going to tweak it just a little bit for you. Sure. Uh, instead of uh, recommending uh, three things that you would put into a new athletic director's toolbox, uh, I'm going to ask you to give your top three reasons or top three benefits uh, for an athletic director and why they should and how they should take advantage of the uh, NIAAA website. Uh, you know, what's your top three? For sure. So my top three, I think the first one of the best things you could you could do is just get connected with members and through our website, either seeing, um, you know, where people are in your state or where 
uh, athletic administrators are near you if you're not connected to a lot of ADs near you. So, you know, we have a whole, you know, record of members on our website of who, like all, we have all our members listed there. So you can find people and get connected with them. So that's something I think I would definitely recommend. And, and along with that, you know, getting involved with committees or in some way, just get involved seeing trying to get your foot in the door a little bit because that will definitely also help you get connected with people just because you know you're working with other ideas and they have a lot of good ideas and stuff so and then secondly i'd say taking classes or workshops um right now we're actually in spring webinars so we got online classes going on right now so you know if you're newer or you haven't taken advantage of that definitely do that and get on get on some workshops or classes and make sure you're just taking advantage of this time right now to get online and do that because um, especially now with the spring webinars, it's not gonna be, it's only gonna be for about a month or so. So, and then lastly, I definitely say utilizing the IA magazine. There's a lot of good articles and good best practices things that ADs talk about in there that is definitely applicable to a lot of athletic administrators. And, and like I said, on the website, you can go on there and look back at past issues too. So if there's like, we had a COVID issue in the past year or so, I forget which one that was, but we had a COVID themed one where it was mostly all about COVID. And that's what all the articles were about, about how to, you know, get through, a, you know, these times as an AD with COVID present, but yeah, so there's, there's a whole lot of articles in the past that you can look at and then, you know, also just subscribing to it and getting it sent to you uh, every couple months is really big. So, um, because I mean, that's, to be honest, that's where I've seen a lot of best practices too, is just reading articles on there and getting to edit them. And I've learned a lot just by reading them. So, and I, yeah, I've even interacted with a lot of those 80s that wrote them. I just have just read what they've put on there and it's been really educational for me, even though I'm not even an athletic administrator, but it's helped me understand a little bit more. So, yeah. Oh, well, absolutely. And again, uh, appreciate you sharing your perspective from the NIAAA office. You've got yeah. your finger on the pulse of uh, those best practices as they come through the magazine, as well as the blog. Justin Chapman, copywriter for the NIAAA. Thank you so much for being a guest today. Yeah, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. I was glad to be on here and talk with you. Hope this was helpful. Absolutely. No, it was great. To our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are being uploaded to the FIAAA YouTube channel. So uh, go to YouTube, uh, click on Educational AD Podcast, and you'll have access to right now uh, over 100 interviews that we've recorded since starting this last June. Justin, thanks again. And to our listeners, uh, please come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Thank you.